and a big happy new year from all of us here at Face for Radio. <laughs> happy New Year! Nice, nice. Welcome back, boys. Chapman. It is 2021. Thank God. And it is looking absolutely no better, is it, boys? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to kill the mood of the year Straight already. Straight away. But... <laughs> but you know, the year as a whole, I'm sure, is going to be a lot more positive than anything we experienced last year hoping so i mean yeah you'd hope so wouldn't you otherwise what's going to happen next that's true so for all of you joining us welcome back it is lovely to see your smiling faces looking down at the screen again (laughs) because because sam is sat inside your phone right now like cia agent style it is a new year but it's the same old me just for today i am sam brown and i am joined by life changer Miracle Arranger. It's Scott Copeland, everyone. Yeah. I'm a life changer and a miracle arranger, and how can I be of service? Ladies. <laughs> no, Ladies. no, no, no. We are cutting that out. <laughs> we are leaving that firmly, firmly in 2020. We discussed this before. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. That is not being cut from the edit. Not after that reaction <laughs> at all. No, that's that definitely going to get well cut in. in the edit. That's got to stay there. That's, it's important. And we are also joined today by part-time dolphin whisperer, it's Reuben Austin. Hey guys, just just give me one second. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, later. Sorry guys, hi, I'm Reuben. <laughs> right, Reuben, you've got a melodica on hand and you still, you still use your mouth for the, the, like, the impression. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll save them all. You could have made a random man. noise. You could have done. We don't know what dolphins sound like. Fine. You know what? Here we go. Getting it out. It just sounds like feedback. Scott, did you just say we don't know what dolphins sound like? I don't. What? Are you kidding me? I don't talk to dolphins, do I? No, just me. You don't have to talk to something to know what it sounds like. Well, I've never met a dolphin, have I? What do I know? Like... Oh my god, are you kidding me? Wait, Scott. It's not what a dolphin sounds like. Well, it's not like the, na- it's not like the native to Rainford St. Helens, are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm going to walk Piper down the road and suddenly there's going to be a dolphin just, you know, waddling along. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, god. oh, we've started the year with a cracker, haven't we? Oh dear. This brings me on to a point. I don't know how, with intros as professional as we run them on Face for Radio. Oh, 100%. I don't know how. This is our 16th, no, 17th episode now. Yeah. This is our 17th episode, right? Yikes. And we still haven't got a sponsor. Um, Can you understand why, though? Let's be honest. With professional work such as ours, we need to be looking into this more. And I have been doing some research, and what I was thinking was, maybe the reason we haven't got a sponsor is because whenever potential sponsors might listen to our podcast... They'll hear us doing all this stuff, and it's really funny, but no one's invested in us before, so why should they risk it? You know what I mean? I suppose. I suppose so. So here's the thought process. From now on, and from this episode onwards to 2021... Oh, that was a close one, eh? 2021. Yeah, you you, you avoided that narrowly. (laughs) For the process of this, at the start of the episode, we're going to add a little sponsor. And now, just laying it flat on the table for everyone listening from this point onwards. If you catch this, you're, you're in the know. If you start listening beyond this episode, then you're not in the know. So anyone listening to this episode is super special. These sponsors aren't actually going to be paid for, but of course we will still run them like a sponsor. So, as Ruben is leading the episode today, Ruben is going to read our brief sponsor from uh, the item Cardboard. Ruben, if you take it away. And you're not you're not going to send me anything for this? No, 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 no. Oh, great. Cheers for dropping us in, the, in this predicament sam the material cardboard is our sponsor for this week yeah yeah but when i tell you this you've got to keep it on the hush hush so the listener doesn't realize and any potential sponsors that just listen into an episode they're like oh yeah they're sponsored by this it sounds we'll professional believe that the material cardboard itself yeah is sponsoring our podcast yeah oh yeah we, we're gonna be rolling in it then if this was a paid one <laughs> yeah imagine that yikes imagine uh, that because <laughs> cardboard's all about really isn't it cardboard's where it's at so oh yeah a, a word from our sponsors you know, it's uh, it's very recently been Christmas time, and um, you know, with uh, 2020 being the way it was and isn't anymore because New Year 2021, you can have a lot of cardboard knocking about because uh, you got Christmas presents and that delivered from Amazon and uh, other retailers are available. Yes, yeah, so you can have a lot of cow- cardboard sort of knocking about, 
but it's such a versatile material. Preach it. Right? You get you get these boxes and you can like you can craft with them, you can keep stuff in them. Um I've recently uh moved into a flat with my girlfriend. Uh, did you know that Ruben has a girlfriend? I know. And, wait, um, wait, Ruben, you've got a girlfriend. Hilarious Scott, have you? <laughs> oh man, West Oh, that is a low blow, Ruben. That is a low that is a low, low blow. Yikes. <laughs> Well, thank you for plugging me though on this podcast, Ruben, as the token single man. <laughs> can our next, can our next, um, our next podcast be sponsored by the Scott Copeland Dating Agency, <laughs> which is actually um, an agency that just finds Scott's dates? Um, yeah, so because c- I've recently um, moved flat, I've got loads of like cardboard boxes kind of folded up, and I'm just so happy to know that they're here. And that is why um, uh, this week we have been sponsored by cardboard. Because would you believe it? I've got some right here. Hey. There you go. Get your cardboard today through our. Um, we'll put a link on for somebody that you can buy cardboard boxes, right, Sam? Um, uh, no. Okay, cool. So on to the episode. As you all know, with the new year comes new opportunities, new beginnings, and closed doors on some things from the past. And each year that comes along is the same for us all, different in many ways, but always the same in that it always brings new adventures, new, uh, new starts. And things that are thrown in your way that you probably wouldn't expect the year before. Would I be right in saying that, lads? Yeah, Yeah, hopefully. And I know that each of us, I'd say it's probably fair to say we've all led similar lives. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, pretty much. But we all, we have all lived extremely different lives with different experiences. Each year in, year out, we go through different things and we have different things thrust upon us. Um, And so we, we thought that for the first few episodes of this year, because we haven't yet and we been doing this for quite some time now do you guys know when we started doing the podcast what was like the date it was july or something like that that was the month it was it was summertime so we've been yeah we've been going quite a while at this now and half a year we've never really like delved into any details at all about us like we've discussed a lot of things yeah to be fair anyone who doesn't know us that listens which is unlikely yeah. doesn't know anything about us at all, and it's just three blokes. Yeah. And I am painfully boring. I disagree, Scott. <laughs> Minus the Scott, you're not easy. That... I must say, from an outside perspective, Scott, listening in, you are not boring to listen to. Oh, yeah, well, that's different. <laughs> that's not like, that's not life. <laughs> but we just decided that with the new year, we, it might be a good idea to get some of that like information about ourselves and just have a chat about ourselves, because it's a very... Um, What's the word? It's a very like self-centered thing to like to think about doing, talking about yourself, especially when you're talking for the purpose of of somebody else clicking on this link and, and listening to you talking about yourself. I, th- I think overall, I think all three of us are quite good at talking yeah. about ourselves. We're, we're actors. We need to be the center of attention to survive. That's true, yeah. I think we've already learned a lot about Ruben in the first couple of episodes of this. Yeah. yeah. Sang for David Attenborough. I mean, aside from Ruben's multitude of random facts about himself, none of us have really... None of us really spoken much about our lives and about ourselves, and it, we just thought it was a nice idea for anyone that might be tuning in listening to be able to know who they're listening to yeah so to start off the year we're going back to our roots back to our very first lineup which sees ruben up first how are you feeling ruby do well, hey. on spotlight is on you oh yes that's how i like it <laughs> we're just going to talk about things that have have happened in your life big things little things interesting things we're going to talk about our shared passion of acting and and singing and performing things along along those lines that have brought us to where we are things that we hope to push us further in this year that we're about to go through and then for the rest of our lives and just we'll just see where the chat leads us we'll just have a a pleasant sit down have you two have you brought snacks and drinks have you got any drinks on you um i mean i'm next to the kitchen i could potentially get one if i wanted to oh i'd have to move away from the mic but you know i think i've got i was given a bottle of vodka by my boss all right that'll do yeah yeah yeah. so we've got a solid bottle of vodka so everyone sit down with their bottle of vodka and enjoy this episode (laughs) everyone sit down with some straight spirits (laughs) and enjoy me talking about myself for like a solid half hour seriously it'll it'll get to my turn and i'll just be a heap on the floor (laughs) (laughs) it'll be like so scott tell us about your childhood So, without further ado, that takes us to the start of the episode, where we begin today with Ruben's Bad Joke or Dad Joke. Take it away. Bad Joke or Dad Joke. There are two hats. 
sat on a on a hat stand. You know, the kind of like James Bond would throw a bowler hat onto. For the sake yeah. of the joke, we'll call them both Scott. Okay. Yeah. Well, they are stand on the hats. And <laughs> one of the hats turns to the other, and he goes, "Hey, Scott, you stay here. I'm going to go on ahead." <laughs> I, I mean, I got, I got it. That's that's an automatic win for me if Scott gets one of my jokes. <laughs> I really like <laughs> that. I like that one a lot. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Oh. Dad joke, yeah, dad joke. I love that one. I'll say dad joke. Excellent. Oh, yes, is that my first Just to win? start the new year off on a high, I'll give you a dad joke. <laughs> very simple, very funny, uh, 10 out of 10. Is that my first win, or did um, did Christian Bale get a dad joke? No, it didn't, because no, Scott mine. nicked that off. That oh, yeah. Flatman. Flatman. What? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, Success, cool, cool, Ruben. Cool. Thank you. Off the back of this success, how about we take a stroll down memory lane? Great. <laughs> We're going to explore some of your your early life. What was Reuben like to be around as a child? As, like, a proper baby, apparently I was really happy all the time and, like, almost never cried. That's good. That's like, it's the opposite of now, then. <laughs> See, you say it's good, but imagine coming across that baby and spending time with it and it doesn't cry. You'd be like, something's got to be wrong. <laughs> and it was. And it was. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> Look at you <laughs> Yeah, I was just, I was like a really sort of chirpy baby. I'd just like, I'd, I'd come up with weird things. Like, uh, I'd be like, <clears throat> socks. <laughs> um, and that was just like a thing that I did on the regular. Oh, good. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, I always, I always kind of liked being the uh, center of attention, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yes. Uh, I had a joke when I was a baby. Would you like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. You should have done this year, dad joke or bad joke, really. Shouldn't... I should have, but this is definitely a bad joke because it, it's not funny. Knock, knock. Who's there? Angelica. Angelica who? Don't cry, it's only a joke. <laughs> and I would go around and say that to like everyone, because everyone would like have a bit of a chuckle, because they were like, oh, it's cute, it's just a baby trying to do a joke. But that made me think it was funny, and so I just said it to everyone. Has the information that I just you've just vocalised completely missed the system in my brain? No, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all, Scott. You're not missing out on anything. I think what I did there was I tried to combine... Um, yeah. You know, uh, knock knock, who's there? Boo, boo hoo, don't cry, it's only yeah. a joke. With, yeah. I'm assuming, um, knock knock. Knock knock. Oh, who's there? Who's there, sorry. <laughs> Yo, well, well done, guys, great job. Sorry, sorry, I pulled the connection of course out The key to comedy, the key to comedy is the timing. Everyone knows. Knock knock. Who's there? Isabel. Isabel who? Isabel necessary on a bike. I think I'd... Right. I think I'd sort of tried to put that one with boo hoo. But I'd got the name wrong. Yeah. I think that's what must have happened there. Right, the, the Isabel joke has gone straight through the ad. Okay. Scott can take, like, one of my jokes per hour. Yes, so, um, yeah. you know. He has to recharge. <laughs> I, I need to go back to factory settings to understand multiple jokes at once. Yeah, someone someone take a pencil and put it... Um... Scott, go and fetch your mum and tell her to plug you into the mains. You need to charge up. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my final bit of battery life. <laughs> this is going to be, like, trying to find his charger. Like, I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. <laughs> But as as a kid, I, I imagine child Ruben to be fairly happy and not be crying. Like yeah, to be fair, I feel that. Yeah, it was it was a nice childhood. I was always like the clever one in class. Mm. Oh, you're one of them, are you? And I was always like a full on swatty little. I also shoes. imagine child Ruben to to be you know the clever ones, but the ones that make everyone aware they're the clever ones. Yeah, no change then. <laughs> I mean, pretty Just much. Consistent. No, no. I had a rule where I would, um, if I knew the answer to a question, I would wait five seconds so that other people could give it a go. But if they didn't know it, I'd be like, ah, oh, they must need to be told and put my hand it's up. And similar do it. to how this podcast works with with you and us. Then. Honestly, quite similar. Yeah. That's not that's not something that's changed over the past like twenty odd years. If I can't get it, then Ruben will just say I'll take one for team and I'll uh, do, do it for. Don't worry, lads. I'm here. I've got my knowledge. Uh, that is how I imagined your childhood, as you were like growing up. How early on was it that you that you really got into acting and and knew like oh. This is something I really enjoy doing. Uh, it was around year one. Mm-hmm. It was There were two sort of things that happened in year one. One of them, which I always cite as the reason that I got into theatre, is um, my primary school got together a bunch of like parents who lived locally. Yeah. So like, um, my mum was there, uh, my mate Ellie's mum was there, there was a bloke called Neil who lives down our road. Shout out to Neil. Oh, sh- shout out to all of them at the list. <laughs> shout, out, sh- shout out to Neil who's listening. And um, they, uh, they all got together and put on Grease. Okay. Like... 
just in the hall. My mum was Sandy. What the burden? Um, my dad wasn't in it because my dad's not a performer. He's he plays saxophone and is actually quite good. Okay. But like he's um he's, he's not like an on stage kind of performer guy. Yeah. It's still like artistic roots though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In many ways, yeah. Well, my great granddad. I don't know where I've got this from. I think it might just be a lie that my family told me. But um. My great-granddad was apparently in the original cast or something along those lines of South Pacific. That really? Awesome. Christ. As, like, chorus. So, yeah, it's good, it's good that. Who did, who did your mum your play? My mum was Sandy in Greece. Of course. Oh, crikey. Of course. And it, um, it got to, you know, the bit... Um, my dad was sat on the front row and it got to the bit, you know, where they're in the car. And uh, Danny's, like, trying to hook up with Sandy. Uh, and they're at the drive-in. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, like, puts his arm around. And then um, he tries to kiss her. And she goes... Danny, no! And Danny goes, come on, Sandy, no one's watching. My dad, from the front seat in the audience, just went, yes, they are. And they liked it so much. <laughs> they liked it so much that they kept it in the in, in the videotape that they took of it. Just because they thought it was so funny. <laughs> and it's a class moment, and they like, the play pauses for a bit whilst everyone on stage just cracks up. Including my mum. It's just like, oh my god. Not that my mum would ever say such things. But yeah, so that, that was one thing. And also, um... When I went into year one, we got a new teacher, uh, and that was Miss Bate. And she wasn't around for super ages at our school. She moved on quite quickly, but um, mm. she was very into sort of drama and stuff like that. And she started up the drama club. Yeah. And uh, we put on a nativity that was like separate to the year two's nativities. Okay. And I, in year one, got the role of Joseph. Excellent. And I got very excited by it. And since then, I've just wanted to be on stage like all the time because I really, really liked. I really liked just doing acting. I can imagine that being on your CV. Yes. It's worthy. I, I, play, I played Joseph in year one. In year one. If you think of it, though, like, what's the average class size for a primary school? Like, 30 kids? Oh, it was 30, and then when we hit year three, it turned 31. And there's usually, like, two, two or three years in a nativity. So, like, on average, one in, like, 60 kids is going to get to play Joseph. I mean, yeah. And then the uh, the year after, I was like, um, I've already played Joseph. I don't really want to play Joseph. And it gets cast, and they were like, oh, do tell. And I was like, I'm going to be a shepherd. Oh, good. And they were like, all right. And I was a shepherd. Brilliant. Can I just ask, do you just say it like in one nativity there's usually a couple of year groups? Yeah. There was only one when we did it. Really? One year did Easter, one year did nativity, and one year did the other one. Ah. Harvest Festival, something like that. But then they alternated, so like a different group of three did it. Oh, at my school it was it was like the entire junior key stage. Or infant, infant juniors? Yeah, infant key stage. Key stage, key stage one, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, they would have... Uh, so like the receptions would all be like dressed as sheep or something to be yes. cute and yeah. like sings the carols and be like there were shepherds <laughs> standing out in the field there were shepherds that's another thing oh my god um, I'm just unlocking memories bringing now. back memories um, <laughs> yes. this is going to be a very long record <laughs> oh why have you got me to talk about my life we'll be here for literally hours it'll be new year by the time we finish recording let alone when we get it out there'll be special episodes it'll be great it'll be fine so um, I'll do this as quick as possible um, no no it's all right I, you know scouts yes oh yes i was a scout right the way from because you got like beavers cubs scouts we've talked about your scout network. escapades before when you cut yourself on tinfoil on tinfoil yeah, I've, I've meant yeah throwback to episode whichever it was this is a momentous occasion boys that was the first time we've done a recall and had too many episodes to recollect which episode it was. That's true, yeah. I've, I've been quite good up until now with that. To be perfectly honest, I'd forgotten Ruben had ever cut himself on tinfoil, so the fact that oh, you two good. can recall back to that. <laughs> well, I remember it happening because I've still got the scar, Scott. I can barely remember half of the phobias that I apparently have. Submechanophobia. We were actually talking about that last night with my girlfriend. Cause, um, Wait, like, Ruben, you have a girlfriend? You've got a girlfriend. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was in Scouts. Um, yeah, I was I was in I was in Beavers, which is like the very first one. So I was like little, yeah. And um, and we used to go and like sing carols to uh, the people in the old people's home, which was near the scout hut. Yeah, which is like quite a sweet thing. And I like I love going to old people's homes as well because like I'm one of the few people who seem to find old people super interesting, and they all have like these stories. And I'll mention something, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I did that when I was like 20." And I'm like, "You did what now?" Love it. I met a guy who was like a professional ballroom dancer when he was younger. Is that where you met Laney? Um, no. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, when I was a when I was a beaver, would go and would uh, sing these carols, and because it was playing a shepherd, I'd already learnt the shepherd's song, and I was like, should I do it? And they were like, yeah, go on. And so I did it. Um, and my mum played guitar along with it, and they thought it was dead cute, and I got to be beaver of the week. Wow. But over Christmas, so I was beaver of the week for two weeks. Oh my. And, um, oh. And I was my. so and you've proud. You've not let and it go since. I've not. 
and I insist, I insisted on putting the li- the little trophy that you get to keep, and then you have to give back when you go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept it on the uh, on the TV, of course. And I imagine it was one of those like big box TVs then as well. Yeah, fully. Yeah. And we used that we used that to keep the tinsel around the uh, around the TV up. Amazing. And it was when Harry Hill's TV Burke was around as well. A classic. That's a classic. And you know they used to do when they used to do TV Expert of the Week. Yes. And it'd be a guy saying like, "This fly is a fly," and that'd be it. <laughs> and yeah, and um, so. Whenever it came up, my mum and dad would be like, Reuben Beaver of the Week. And I'd be like, "That's it's me. Yeah, I am Beaver of the Week. I am the Beaver of the Week. You do realise you're giving Sam more ideas for future introductions now. <laughs> With an illustrious past as Beaver of the Week, it's Reuben Austin. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that. Was, that, was that. Yeah, that's good. But from, obviously, you playing your shepherd and, and Joseph in the nativities and moving up in your school life, just generally, like primary school, secondary school, mm. what kind of stuff were you doing there that was kind of affecting how your life was, like, in hindsight, playing out, I guess? There was, I remained a part of the drama club from year one straight up to year six. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. When we got to year six, we, uh, they were choosing the musical and they decided that, because um, our class was 21 lads and nine girls. Wow, Crikey. really? Like, your whole primary school? No, no, that was just, just my class. No, yeah, like, I mean, like, your whole primary school journey from, like, reception to year six was 21 lads and nine girls. Yeah, that was that was the sort of split. It was wild. That is insane. I don't know if it's just because, like, obviously us three, we did musical theatre, and in, our, in Man of Sam's year, there was four lads, and then there was me and him for the other two. Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, bizarrely loads of lads, and there was still, like, a one in ten. It was, looking, looking back now, I can't imagine being in that kind of situation where oh, it was, like, mainly males so many guys i was yeah. at that time um yeah crazy surrounded by women i never thought i'd hear me, myself to say that out loud. <laughs> even in even in even in primary school it was like that for our lot but we had equal amount so but like i can't imagine that kind of dynamic going back yeah to be fair we were all like super friendly with each other regardless of gender anyway and it was like it, my, my primary school was like one of those really nice sort of places where everyone seems to get along and stuff like that yeah it doesn't so much matter when you're when you're young, does it? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's like you know they just they happen to be a girl, all right. Okay, no worries. But um, the the girls generally were um like in most cases stronger performers than the lads. There were like a couple of lads who were like into getting up on stage, like me and my best mate Owen and Ewan. Shout out to Owen and Ewan if listening. So they uh, they they did um, a musical with a female lead, um, and this musical is called Olivia, and it's set just after Oliver. Oh, good. And um, there's like all like Victorian sort of characters like from the 1800s all come together and so um, I was Fagin and my mate Owen was Oliver mm. and Olivia like goes and um, she is in Manchester and uh, leaves an orphanage uh, and there's a guy called Dickon which is Dickon from um, the Secret Garden oh yeah and uh, then uh, she goes to London to try and like seek a fortune and she comes across like uh, so m- me and the Artful Dodger rob some guy's wallet that guy turns out to be george bernard shaw and so and he and he's then it's a crazy ride you're taking us on right now <laughs> it really is it's such a wild show this is this a real show this one that you've made up no this is legitimately the show that was my year six musical oh blimey and then there's um and he, he and there's like the flower sellers and one of them's definitely eliza doolittle and um <laughs> her and george bernard shaw meet and then he um he writes pygmalion which then becomes my fair lady me and the artful dodger we rob this wallet but it's only got opera tickets in it so we decide We'll, we'll just go to the opera then. It's standard. And we love it. And I write an opera and Dodger stars in it. That's where I would have taken that story anyway. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like your dissertation, to be honest, Ruben. <laughs> oh, you came around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's all that kind of jig, but yeah. So that's where your love of intricate storylines came from. I think that's where me liking sort of taking a thing that's like known and then putting a spin on it. That's why I like sort of um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a, like, like uh, another film where um it's like characters from different books and stuff are all like coming together and yeah. it's like Mina Harker from Dracula and the Invisible Man and Darling Quartermain. Like Dickensian. Yeah, similar to that. I like I like that kind of thing and I think that probably may have started around Olivia time ish. But then when I when I went to um high school, immediately joined the theatre club, I was like, yeah man. And we did like sort of general theatre club stuff. But um they didn't do school musicals. I'm not actually sure why that was think there was something that happened in one of the previous musicals and they were like we're just going to give it a rest for a bit that doesn't sound optimistic then but then when i was in year 10 they started doing them again and i was like yes and they did bugs and malone and i was like oh go on <laughs> so i was in that and then they did Grease, and i was in that and that was when i sort of started being like oh i want to do more i want to do more i want to do musicals yeah specifically who were you in both of them then uh, i was dandy dan in uh in bugs and malone who's like the bad I can guy see that, yeah and i was 
Teen Angel and Vince Fontaine in Greece. Nice. Again, I can see that. My sister played Teen Angel. Oh, we're practically the same. I know. Well, Lily. Yeah. I played, well, I've done it twice, and I played Sonny in one, and then I played Johnny Casino in the other. Nice. I see that. Then I did Bugs Mal- I've done Bugs Malone twice as well. Maybe she didn't play Teen Angel. Which one? Uh, oh, God. Am I getting them mixed up? Which is Beauty School Dropout Guy? Yes, Teen Angel, yeah. Okay, yeah, she did. Yeah. I know we've mentioned before in the podcast as well about your, your time in college where you wore shorts. <laughs> oh, God. I missed it. I, oh, no. I've done it. I've done it now. What? And rewind. Edit. <laughs> so I know we've talked about your uh, college life where you wore shorts. Shorts. That's better. That's much better. There we are, go. You, are you seriously telling me you have to rewind this <laughs> Yes, and the previous bit had best be cut out. You could have edited, you could have recorded it later and edited it back in. Cut out the middleman, Sam. But then we wouldn't have reacted. Uh, I don't even think I know this, Ruben. What did you study? What did you study at college? Was it like performing arts? Yeah, what, what did you do? Um, I did A-levels. I did... Um, Maths, English, psychology, and theatre studies. Wow. You are a nerd. Yeah. I like psychology because I like the idea of, like, sort of getting to know what people are about. Um, I was terrible at it because it was, like, mainly statistics. And yeah. um, I got an E in first year, so I got rid of that one. But then uh, I, I took maths because I did one session of government and politics. And I was like, this isn't for me. Okay. And then I went home and my dad's a maths teacher. And he was like, Ruben, do maths. And basically sort of <laughs> showed me the entire syllabus over the two years. And was like, so you can do that. You can do that. You can learn to do that because it's basically this. You can figure that out. Come on, we've got this. And I was like, oh, fine. Yeah. So I ended up doing maths for two years. That sucks. But then like, I quite liked English, but my favourite was by far theatre. Of course. Uh, as, as I'm sure you can imagine. And um, I immediately, because like, um, my sister before me had done all the musicals before and been like Les Mis and everything. And uh, so when I joined, everyone was like, Oh yeah, it's, a, it's 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 this Ruben guy, you know. He's he's, he's an Austin. He's got to be good. Oh yeah, he's an Austin. Oh, he's an Austin. <laughs> he's an Austin. Good lord. My sister had money on me being Dracula in Dracula, and I was like, it's not going to happen. It'll it's not going to go. And she was like, no, fine. And then I wasn't. Yeah, I was I was Renfield for anyone wondering. How much money did she put on? Only like a tenner. Why is Ruben's life literally just him being Sully in Monsters University? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, a bit. Ah. Oh. A Sullivan. <laughs> it's well, I went. I went to the same primary school, high school, and college as my sister, and she's very, very clever. So, right. um, okay, it was then me coming along, like, and everyone being like, we thought he was going to be like good at science good and areas, yeah. just <laughs> singing lemmings in the corridors. I could imagine you coming home and just saying to your dad, right. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I don't want to be a maths tube. I'm going to be a performer. And then suddenly the conversation just going ape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Um. Well, with my sister, my sister was going to study. Um. I think it was philosophy or theology or something like that. And the parents were like, maybe you should do maths instead because you know you're really good at maths and you can get a degree in that and it's something to fall back on. And she was like, yeah, totally, and did. And got a got a master's in maths from Manchester. Okay. Um, which is fun to say. Yeah, it is. Then when it came to me choosing. Uh, universities i said i want to do musical theater and my parents said well you know maybe you should do english because then you've got stuff to fall back on because you're quite good at english and i said no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right and went and uh, and went and did um went and did musical theater instead well you met us where were you guys yeah, yeah. so uh, that brings us on to the, the next part of your life i suppose when you were deciding when you were deciding like oh yeah i'm gonna go to uni i'm gonna do musical theater was there any part of you that like went on a decision-making process there from when you were doing your A-levels? Or was it kind of like a you always knew, like, gradually you knew you were going to do that? I was convinced from a young age, as most of us, I assume, were, um, that being an actor is a stupid idea. Of course. So for a while I was like, oh, I'd quite like to be um, a video game designer, uh, a detective for a bit. But then when it came to actually choosing universities, uh, my form tutor... Uh, college was like yeah you got to start choosing them and I was in one of the gifted and talented forms for humanities and it was weird that I was doing like theatre studies because I, th- I think one of the, I think yeah because there was like a form full of a few performing arts students and then there was just me in a different one so they were all looking at like uh, Oxbridge and I went into a meeting about Oxbridge and I was like yeah I don't I don't really fully fancy that if I'm being honest you had an interview for Oxbridge no I didn't get an, an interview or anything they just um, I went into like a, a session which was like the, you students should think about doing uh, Oxford and Cambridge because you've got good GCSEs yeah. and I was like nah I don't think I want that it does sound like the plot for History Boys this doesn't it when you think about it yeah a bit I was I was looking through all these courses and like stuff um, to do with sort of English mainly and then I was like do you know what just for a bit of fun 
I'll have a look at a couple of drama schools and I was looking at them and I was like, this seems way more like something I'd be into. Yeah. So I started um I started looking at them and basically when it came to setting my decisions for UCAS, um, I struck a deal with my parents because they didn't want me to study musical theatre. Classic. And don't get me wrong, I, I feel like I need to put in a disclaimer. My parents are great, they're very supportive and they're very proud of me. <laughs> but yeah, they, um, they were like, you know, you, you should have something to fall back on in case uh, being a performer doesn't pan out. And um, like even my, uh, even my drama teacher was, um, again, had utmost faith in me and is a wonderful person. But was like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you're quite ready at the moment to go and stand in front of an audition panel and like sing. Yeah. And I was like, no, we'll see about that, Matt. And then I got in, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to choosing UCAS, I put down Central School of Speech and Drama. Yeah. Where I went and um, did my audition, but didn't get in. Uh, then there was Chichester, where I uh, again I did the audition, and they offered me like a slightly different course, but that was in like musical theatre and event management, and I was like, I don't want to be managing events okay yeah so um but also there was um lancaster to do uh english literature and theater there was chester to do creative writing and theater it's all like mixed with other stuff yeah yeah like mixed with other stuff to sort of keep me um my parents happy and like have a bit of english in there but even like going around those places i was like i don't like them as much as that other place that i went edge hill oh yeah uh, which was where my mum studied and where my sister-in-law who was just my sister's girlfriend at the time uh was studying you know Maggie. Uh, oh yes. Shout out to Maggie if she's listening. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Uh, and so yeah, and uh, I got like talking to Maggie about the course, and um, yeah, she was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 good. You know, I'm enjoying it. I'm like in this bit. Uh, I think you'd like this bit, particularly creating musical theatre, because I've always liked sort of writing stuff. Yeah. I was very kind of into that sort of thing, and um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, I think I want to go to Edge Hill. So um, on the day of results, I didn't do super well in maths but I didn't expect myself to and I needed uh, I think I needed BCD or something like that or no I need BCC to get into um, to get into Edge Hill that was uh, that, that was Edge Hill's results you needed and yeah. I got BCD but I also had some extra UCAS points which got me into Edge Hill oh okay just because I had to take maths and I don't like yes. maths and <laughs> I'm, I, I'm good at it to a certain level I got an A star in GCSE then I think I got like a B in um first year available and then it just got harder and I was like I can't do it um, I got a D but I, I'd also done my lambda you and I share a strangely similar life story around A-levels <laughs> I, yeah I can imagine I had to redo maths about six times before going to uni yeah. Yeah. but from uni obviously we we kind of knew you after a, a year or I guess I probably didn't even know you till like your third year really um properly yeah well we, we we had like we had like a brief conversation for the first time when you know when we went into the uh into the red bar with brad vf and did um seasons of love oh yes yeah yeah, yeah it was this time three years ago wasn't it yeah around this time three years ago yeah and um we uh that was the first time that i spoke to you because like and you you were like the guy doing the solo and i was like oh, i don't think i've met you yet <laughs> um <laughs> i'm reuben and stay off my turf i think i'm that i kind of got talking to you through the MT Society. Yeah, through MT Society. Time. Yeah, I was too nervous to join that. Yeah, but then you did rent. And then, and then me and Ruben spoke for the entire summer <laughs> after that. But yeah, wh- while uni was going on for you, just tell us, I guess, like any important parts of uni or any like particularly important performances that have like af- affected, like left you with the, the long lasting memories or effect from being in them. Well, I hope you're ready for me to drop some fat names here. Okay. Um, here we go. <laughs> Here we Drum go. Roll. Drum roll, please. Everybody stay um, comfortable. What did I do at uni? If I go for like the most important ones for me, there was um, Club Mexicano. Oh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's too many memories for some. <laughs> too many sweet, sweet memes. We'll uh, get onto uh, that anyway. Getting, get, getting hit by things, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so I was an original cast of that. I was um, Tristan, who became Josh as it got remodeled in that and that was exciting because that was where I met Julie Atherton and that was like my first chance to work on like a properly new musical there was uh, you know M yeah Sam's favourite musical M uh, I was in the uh... oh M yeah oh oh I I was in the uh, the original script read for that oh cool very good uh, as Elia so that was fun and then obviously we did the music video afterwards and you know Bear and Spring Awakening and all the thousands of other shows that I did but yeah. also Leonardo with you guys yeah that was really, like... so let's talk a bit about that then just like about the inspiration behind that and about what you were, you were doing for that and just generally what Leonardo is for anyone that doesn't understand why we all just cheered the word Leonardo. Yeah, uh, Leonardo is a 
ongoing project of mine ongoing for the past like what is it nine years now <laughs> um, <laughs> yikes uh no how many years has it been since i started that Properly. I think there's one thing we can determine is that it probably will never be finished to your satisfaction. Oh, no, yeah. I, I will, much like Alexander Hamilton, I will never be satisfied. Um, I think it's been about five and a half years that I've been working on it. I mean, yeah, so it's a musical about Leonardo da Vinci, the famous Italian uh, painter, inventor. General icon. Just general legend. Yeah, classic of the, of the historical figures. Classic da Vinci. And uh, yeah, it's a musical about him that I was writing and um, I did for my dissertation some extracts from it and... Uh, Sam played Salai and uh, Scott played a priest. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's that was pretty special cool. name. What you getting? Priest. Well, I played it. I played. I was meant to be. The, I was meant to be Giorgio Vasari, wasn't I? Yeah, you were going to be Giorgio. You were going to be Michelangelo, but then I cut Michelangelo. Then you were going to be Giorgio Vasari, but I cut him, and then you were priest. Um, <laughs> so then you got the role of Tree Three. Yeah. So then you became priest number four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Scott was the only priest in that extract. Yeah. But yeah, and that was uh, that was that was kind of how that how that went down. But yeah, I've always been sort of into writing my own stuff. I went um, in year 11 on an English literature trip. Mm. And uh, as luck would have it, one of the... Because um, we went to Lumbank, which is where Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath used to live. Uh, don't shut them out, Scott. I know what you're going to do. They're both dead. Oh, dear. I mean, I mean, I, did, I didn't hear the names properly, so I couldn't really quote them. <laughs> cool. Uh, Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath, like poets. Shout out to them if they are listening wherever they are. R.I.P. Tasteful. Yeah, there were, um, there were like some guest writers there to like help us out with stuff, and it was a great trip. Yeah. And the, uh, the guest writers were like, um, there was a poet, a novelist, and I didn't even expect it going in. Nick Stimson, who is a musical theatre writer. Okay. So I was like, I'd been sort of working on my first idea for a show, which has now been completely scrapped because it, it just none of the storyline made any sense. It was just me <laughs> thinking, that'd be a good idea for a song. Yeah, it was called Shenanigans. Okay. And uh, it was set in like in Liverpool city centre in an, Ir- an Irish-themed bar. Okay. And it was just, and there is actually a bar called Shenanigans. And that was sort of where I got the idea from. It was just like going through these people as they're kind of living their lives. <laughs> in this bar and like having good times with each other and that I think shenanigans sounds like the most Ruben Austin musical I've ever yeah yeah just the word shenanigans yeah. shenanigans it's like shenanigans by Ruben Austin shenanigans but then of course you and I Ruben did the pitch for Leonardo we did indeed we went to um, I've actually emailed them recently about um, my new project but uh, yeah we um, went and pitched it to Beam which is like a, uh, a sort of every other year concert of new musical theatre stuff yeah. and we went and pitched Leonardo for I it. had a great time uh, I had a great time that little yeah. trip with you yeah it was great fun because we went to see um, Falsettos see? As oh well. yeah Falsettos of course oh. yeah and I got to meet Natasha Vance well, the, the fact that you said that makes me annoyed now so I like Falsettos a lot <laughs> it's just so good that was, I really enjoyed that trip actually it, we, had a, we had a really good time we had a really fun time yeah I didn't sleep for like 48 hours I had a lovely time in lessons yeah I skipped my uh, skipped my, my lectures for the day with permission. With permission, yeah. I still can't believe Annika was like, yeah, go for it. I fully expected her to say no and me to have to yeah. be Salai, and I can't hit the notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, it's fine. You say, like, oh, you, say you can't hit the note like I actually can hit the note <laughs> that you, you wrote. <laughs> I know, why did I write an A? It's it. awful. It's awful. It's horrendous. It's really bad. Oh, man. I remember on the day of that exam that I was still giving Ruben anxiety because I couldn't remember the tune of the song he'd given me to learn. <laughs> I just made up my own melody by the end of it. I and, I, and I rewrote the music to be that melody so I'd get a better mark. <laughs> my earliest memory of Leonardo was just Ruben messaging like, I've got a part for you in, in the works and I need to know your range. Like, what can you sing? And me saying like, well, my range is like this to like a, a G, but like very odd occasions I can hit an A. So maybe don't put it in if it's live, but if you're recording them, then I can definitely get an A out in one of the recordings. And Ruben being like, Okay, I'll put an A in it. Oh, and by the way, we're doing it live. Yeah. <laughs> the excitable little puppy that he is. <laughs> That's how we do. No, I mean, Salai, as a character, has just got to be a tenor. He does have to be a tenor. That's very true. He's such a tenor. Which is soul-destroying for us baritones way down here. Yeah, 100%. Again, I'm not convinced you're really a baritone. That, so I am but, such yeah. a baritone, oh my god! Right, but Sam's got the same range as me, only I can sing a tad bit deeper than he can. But that, we got the same range. Nobody believes that I'm a baritone, yet I have the actual vocal range of a baritone singer. I don't understand. You are a baritone. I'm not convinced. <laughs> Shut up, Ruben! <laughs> So then, 
coming from uni, you've obviously had an extra year to Scott and I, like out of out of uni and being an adult. Well, yeah, <laughs> a, a being a young person with responsibilities beyond student finance. Yeah, fair. Obviously, with stuff that's going on, it's been hard to do anything. Let's put that out there. Oh yeah, that's very true. But like, what have you been doing to like keep yourself busy since graduating? Like, was there a plan when you left? Like, did you set yourself? A, a plan or was it kind of just let's go with it see what's out there um so we had to um we had to create a five-year plan for uh, one of our modules in third year yeah and literally no one stuck to it because how can you at the moment it's you know we, we, we didn't anticipate the virus there is yeah there's there's no way uh just after leaving um i knew sort of i don't i don't think i knew like i knew definitely before graduation uh that i was going to go on and be peter pan oh yes with your tour because i found out as i got home from glastonbury that i was like and they were like you're gonna be peter pan i was like oh my god yes so yeah i went and went and did that for a few months that was great fun yeah uh touring around schools and that eminem actually went to my mum's school the other day Aww. with their new style of tour and it was one of the uh it was yeah the uh the other lad from uh the show that i did after peter pan which was the jungle book yeah i'm not gonna lie ruben when you said eminem went to your mum's school <laughs> my first impression yeah. honestly i'm not i'm not even joking i generally thought <laughs> what the real slim yeah. shady yes him the real slim, slim shady ruben's mom spaghetti <laughs> i went on a um a oh where, where, where was i i think i think i'd just gone for like a drink with some of my mates uh, last Christmas, you know, when I gave you my heart. Oh, yeah. And it was like, I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I work with, uh, with Eminem. Like, as a question, as though, you know, have you have you heard of this company? Um, which it turns out my, my theatre teacher, Matt, previously mentioned, um, had, and in fact worked with them many years ago in the 90s. Ah. Um, whilst, whilst I was, like, being born, he yeah. was working for Eminem. It all comes back um, around, doesn't it? It all comes back around, it does. But uh, full circle. Yeah, I was talking to someone. And I was like, "Yeah, I went for uh, Eminem," and he went, "Oh, what like backstage room and stuff?" I was like, "Not that one. Not <laughs> not 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 that guy. No, no, no." <laughs> it took me a moment though, when I was like, "Wait, what? Yeah. Do I working working with Eminem with Marshall <laughs> Mathers? Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, Eminem, that guy. I feel like he'd be fun to work with." He's he's very he's very intelligent with the way he writes lyrics. I'm I'm, I'm sure he is. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's um yeah. After, after since then, I've like um I spent some time writing a bit more of Leonardo. I've kind of put that on the back burner now because I will genuinely never be satisfied with it. Yeah. Um, and I'll carry on with it at some point and eventually get it into some sort of state in like another twenty years. Of course. By which time I'm way too old to play Leonardo, and I'll be sad about that. <laughs> but um, Ruben, you can be the priest if you like. <laughs> The priest. It all comes I'll back around. A, I'll pull a comb Wilkinson and I'll come back around. Because by that point I will be young I'm still younger than you. I could technically still play Leonardo. By one year, Scott. Yeah, I know, but still. Then again, I look I look like a thirty five year old at the best of time. I just see Ruben in twenty years time being like the ripe old age of like what, like forty two? Yeah. And just being like I'm far too old to play Leonardo. Who will I get that's young enough? Ah, I know. That's Scott, Scott Copeland, he'll do. <laughs> I think Scott Copeland, he'll do, should be, like, the title of Scott's new autobiography. That's my autobiography name. After showering with dad. Scott Copeland, he'll, he'll do. do. It's, it's, actually, it's actually my Tinder profile. I'll do. <laughs> I like that. I'm not great, but uh, I'll do. Scott Copeland, for when you're in a pinch. So, like, coming off the back of that, and coming off the back of, of last year, hearing what's gone on in the different parts of your life and, and things with acting and just generally uh, your life. You've seemingly kept that like positive attitude from when you were a baby. Like any time I've known you, despite what's going on, despite like hardships or anything like that and, and emotions and feelings, Gross. You, you are still like this positive light that I think some people would struggle to be. Thank you. That's okay. That's very sweet of you to say. I feel like such a third wheel at the moment now. Leonardo and Sally together again. <laughs> no, I just mean that I know if I ever had, like, if I ever had an issue that I needed to to come to you about, I would feel so comfortable coming to you because I know that you'd have something positive to say about it. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, it's li- it's literally the only text I sent of Ruben. Um, it's me having a complaint about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Scott, you, Scott complains about everything all the time, and I have to be like Scott. It's all right. <laughs> It'll be fine. No drama, man. No drama. Seriously, no, no word of a lie. And it must have been in my maybe August. I woke up and it was absolutely thrashing it down. 
and I message Ruben on something say, mate, it's raining, what do I like, do? Stay inside then. Like, no contact whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, just stay, just stay in, have a, have a chill day, it's, and it's cool, <laughs> I'll go back to bed. First swear of the new year, but it's entirely reasonable. Stay inside, you <laughs> <laughs> That might have been it, to be honest. <laughs> so, I'm pretty, it probably no, was. No, Ruben, that definitely what wasn't what you said. You definitely said, don't worry, Scott, the rain isn't falling, we're just going up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ruben, coming off the back of all that, moving into 2021, the year that will define us, what is your kind of New Year's resolution for yourself or for something to do with acting? that you would like to have happen or to do by in this during this year? If it gets to March and theatres and stuff still aren't open, that will be the first time since reception that I've gone a year without being on stage. Wow. So my aim is before the beginning of the financial year to get on stage again and just do something yeah. in whatever form theatre may take in the future. Um, ideally in my current project, if I can get enough of it done. But yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've sent a couple of uh, couple of emails through, mm. and um, I'm, I'm looking into sort of like getting it. Maybe if I can get enough of it done, uh, workshopped by students at Leeds. Okay, really good. So, because um, they've been they've been setting up a new thing for that, so I've uh, put in an application for that. Fingers crossed. Shout out to uh, Mercury Musical Developments if you're listening. <laughs> Please like me. I guess this platform that we're on now, as well, is kind of it is a release of creativity. Like, just being able to talk like this and have a bit of humour and comedy with each other. Yeah, absolutely. As I just, I constantly have to be releasing, that's why I do so much Dungeons and Dragons, because I yeah. just constantly have to be doing the create. Yes. And that is also a terrific release. I, I still can't get my head around Dungeons and Dragons. We'll, you'll get there eventually, Scott. We'll teach you in an episode one day. Coming off the back of all this, Ruben, is there anything you'd like to say before we, we round off the episode? I think the reason I'm so positive all the time is because... If you're being sad, then you're sad, aren't you? No one wants to be sad. So you might as well be happy. <laughs> Wise words. That's very true. I, th- I, th- I think that's what I'd say to anyone listening. Very self-explanatory, <laughs> that. If you, feel, if you feel like you're getting sad, think, you know, there's bound to be at least yeah. something. Silver linings, so to speak. Silver linings, yeah. And there you go. Right, well, I guess we should probably top off the episode with something a little bit funny. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. That brings us to the very first of 2021, Scotty or Naughty. Before COVID-19, my granddad hatched a plan to help me and Sam become the popular with the ladies at graduation ball. What, Sam is in me? You, yes. But I've surely he'd remember that if that were true. Well, I, th- I think he was aiming this more to me, but you came up in the plan. Or oh, I was like the, the dampener that so that he didn't look like he was just trying to be your wingman specifically. Yes, that was exactly what the event Sam was. is like the wingman by proxy. Yeah. Okay, oh, so yes. we have one question each. I guess my question is, how did the conversation come about that you wanted to be popular with the ladies at graduation ball? <laughs> that is all Scott talks about, Sam. Weak question. Well, well, since, well, since when in any conversation, Sam, I know me in three years, have I never wanted to be popular with ladies? <laughs> I mean, specifically with your granddad. Uh, well, my, my, my granddad said to me, he said, um, when's your graduation ball? Because the, the suit I was wearing for it, was one that he wore in his youth. Oh, okay. So we were talking about it through there. And he said, um, who are you going to, to grad, grad ball with? And I said, my mate Sam. Oh, good. And at the time, we were we were also on a table with, I think, eight, was it eight girls from our course? Likely, because we were the only boys and there were tables of ten. I said, oh, yeah, fine. <laughs> eight, all right, then, eight women then. And uh, my granddad said, um, and um, which one of them are you taking? <laughs> Which one are you taking? Did he mean taking you from taking? the event to your lair? God, sinister. No, he meant like, and which, which one, one will you be taking? <laughs> which one are you taking? Depends how big me sack is, Grandad. <laughs> See how many I can fit in. Oh my God. <laughs> right. No, he meant like which one am I taking to the event as a date? Okay. And I said, and I said none of them. He said, why not? And I said. I, I, I'm just, I'm just not. I, can't, I, 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 it's not my call. So he decided that it would be a good idea to, when it was closer to the event, he would order a bouquet of eight roses 
So me and Sam could give a rose each to the girls on our table. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's cute. And then hope for the best. <laughs> I mean, much. I think that the girls would have appreciated that as a friendly gesture. Yeah, which is why it never would have worked. But it's me. It was, it was me, Grandad. Bless him. You know. So I want to go back to that. I want to go back to this. The entire plan, because this was going to be my question was going to be. So what? What was? What was Pops' plan? <laughs> um, and the entire plan was. To give them a rose. Yeah, well, he 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 came from that generation where being chivalrous was the way that it worked. It just, sorry, sorry, let me let, let me let me reword that. To give each of them a rose in front of each other, in front of in front of each other, so that yeah. they don't feel special. Well, the idea was the fact that Sam was going to be there as well, and he was also going to be. Like we were going to give them all out when they were we all arrived together. That was his plan. Maybe it was in the delivery. Like, was his plan to like put it in your teeth and do a bit of salsa before you hand it over? I would give all of my money to see that. I mean, that would have been a shout, but probably not. It would have been a shout. I don't think. I don't. We didn't get that far into the plan. I don't think. You know what? I I trust in this. I like to think that. Um, I am involved in other people's conversations. <laughs> yeah, but Sam, you've also Sam, you've also got to think. In an ideal world, would would you? be selected as a wingman for me because <laughs> Ruben backfired let's <laughs> be honest I just think specifically that day you were talking I remember my left ear being quite hot <laughs> so I'm going to say Scotty Ruben what do you think I'm also going to say Scotty I think that's totally true that is a Scotty <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, nice. lovely piece of work classic pops <laughs> so I guess unfortunately for you who, that brings us to the end of the episode oh right I thought you were thought you Talk, genuinely talking to me. It's unfortunate for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants these to end, apart from me, the editor. <laughs> so yeah, you're now going to have to edit an hour of content that's like mainly me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that moment when I start the intro and I start putting the music in there? That is like such a sweet moment for me after two weeks' work. <laughs> oh, yes. So, as it comes to the end of our first episode of 2021, a happy new year again to anyone that's made it this far down the episode. Happy new year. Uh, this is... A fond 2021 farewell from the Miracle Arranger, Scott Copeland. Farewell, everyone. Have a fantastic new year and uh, be good people. Yeah, that's nice. And this is a light, jolly and very, very uh, euphoric whispered goodbye from Dolphin Rubinos. And a happy new year. Oh dear, okay. There we go. <laughs> Is that genuinely our dolphin sound? Probably not. I love how at the beginning of the episode, Ruben was just a dolphin whisperer, and now he isn't the dolphin. And I am the dolphin who is whispering. Yes. It's, an, it's a natural evolution. That... It all comes back around. Oh yes. It all comes back around, it is what it is. And of course, it is never a goodbye from me. This is just a see you next time on the next episode of Face for Radio. Take care, guys. <laughs>